All right, how many of you guys have been here the last two weeks, or at least one of the last two weeks? Okay, so we've been going on this series called Circles. Now, Circles is all about these relationships, right? And so we have these different levels of relationships. So we've been using this diagram that's coming up on the screen here, and it kind of talks about how your inner circle of friends, right, can be your besties, like your best friends. And then outside of that bestie crew, you've got, like, the squad, okay? So you've got crew, you've got squad, and then you got like the posse on the outside. I don't think you guys use the word posse anymore, but that was a thing. Um, and so, you, right, you've got these people who are closest to you, not quite as close to you, and then you've got these people. Well, we've been talking about this idea that you're besties, right? The top five people that are closest to you in your life, the fact is that you will become more and more like them or are already a lot like the top five people in your life, that you are an average of those five closest people in your life. You are who you surround yourself with and who you surround yourself with, who you are most close to, even friends, even acquaintances, can affect your life and can affect the decisions you make in life. See, we talked about these verses, how bad company corrupts good character. And it says in the Bible there that bad company corrects good characters, that when we, we try and be good, but if we're surrounding ourselves with negative people, if we're surrounding ourselves with bad people, then that's going to affect us negatively. Another verse in Proverbs talks about as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. And we can either sharpen each other, but if we pick the wrong people to surround ourselves with, we're actually going to get duller. And when we talk about what are we getting dull in? What are, we, what are we not being successful in? It can be anything. It can be academics. It can be health, physical health, emotional health. It can be how you spend your money. It can be your relationship with your parents. It can be school, grades. It can be how you do in sports. All of these things. If you surround yourself with really good football players because you play football, then there's a good chance that you're going to try and be a really good football player. If you surround yourself with people who get good grades, there's a good chance that you yourself are going to try and get good grades. But the opposite is true. If you surround yourself with people who really don't treat their parents very well, there's a good chance that you will start to lower your average of how you treat your parents will end up being more like the average of your closest friends. So we have to be honest in our evaluation of the people that are closest to us. Now, there's a difference between judgment and evaluation. We obviously don't want to necessarily judge people for their problems because everybody makes mistakes. Everybody has problems. No one is perfect. But we should evaluate ourselves. And it's not so much making a decision based on them. It's making a decision based on yourself. You have to look in your own heart and going, are these people influencing me in a negative way? Because here's why. Because in the Bible, we've also been talking about this idea of being equally yoked. And this can, this obviously, in the scripture, it talks mainly about people who you are close to or tied yourself to, best friends, relationships, boyfriend, girlfriends, all these things, people you're close to, it's saying when you are, when you are in a relationship with them, it's like you're being yoked, meaning you're going to carry on life, right? And you have to carry those things. Well, when you're not equally yoked, either somebody is going to slow somebody down or somebody is going to help somebody out, okay? And most of the time, if you are the better person, right, the person behind you is going to pull you back. It's, you're not going to be able to go far in life with somebody else who is not feel, has the same goals, who they do not have the same drive, the same morals, the same ideas about what they want out of life. So being equally yoked, finding people who want the same things as you want is such an important thing in life. And so when we look at people's placement 
in our circles, the biggest thing we have to understand is the closer inside the circles, the bigger the influence they have on your life. You could still be in somebody's inner circle, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they have to be in your inner circle because it all depends on how much influence they have on your life. You might have more influence on their life, but you don't have to let them have influence on your life. And, and we don't necessarily have to kick everybody and, and anybody just out of the whole dang thing. We're just like, you ain't nothing to me. You're dead to me and kick them way out of the circle, right? For anything they do wrong. Because let's face it, we, we wouldn't have any friends if that were the case. But sometimes we have to see it as I lost a bestie, but I guess I gained a friend. Like, they can still be a friend to me, but I can't let them have that much influence that a best friend would have. But this acquaintance, man, I don't know, I really like them. They seem to have the best thing. Maybe rather than them being acquaintance, I'm going to bring them in. I'm going to allow them to influence me. I'm going to spend a little more time with them to where they can become more of my inner circle and gain more influence. So sometimes the biggest thing about losing a friend is moving them from some place of more influence in your life less influence in your life. So that's a quick recap of what we've been talking about in like five minutes that they spent an hour talking about. So we can choose our friends carefully and sometimes we make mistakes. Sometimes we pick people and we're just like, oh my goodness, this was a big mistake. And we, we talked about choosing our friends. We talked about losing our friends. And tonight I want to talk about fixing and keeping the relationships that we're in, because we don't necessarily need to lose all our relationships. But we talked about this last because we wanted to make sure that you were being honest with yourself, that before you decided to fix something, you thought long and hard about whether or not you needed to lose something. It's like that old shirt in your closet that you never, ever, ever wear. And when it comes to just like, I'm scrolling through what I'm going to wear, I never, ever pick it. But when it comes to throwing stuff something away, I'm just like, I don't, I don't think I'm ready for that necessarily. But when it comes to like, I have this new shirt and that shirt is now the hanger that I need is on the old shirt and I have this new shirt, you're, you're willing to get rid of that shirt. Am I right? And so you've got to think of it a little bit like that. Sometimes, though, you have to make the hard decision. But I understand that we need to be able to fix relationships. Our whole lives evolve around the relationships that we make, evolve around the relationships that we have. And some of these relationships, you can. You can just kick them out. If you don't like them, go ahead. But there are also plenty of relationships in your life that you can't do nothing about. Your brothers and sisters, your parents, those are relationships that they're, you're stuck to them, okay? The, 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 the co-workers that you work with, the friend, the people that you are assigned seating in math class that you have to sit next, you are stuck with those people. And so, yes, there's those relationships that you don't want to lose that you need to fix, and there's also those relationships that you can't lose, so you might as well make them the best that you can. Okay, so tonight, I want to talk about the biggest issue that comes in the breakups of relationships or the, 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 the cause of just like turmoil in relationships. Obviously, relationships can end because somebody moves, but a lot of times, it's not because of that. It's because of one thing conflict, right? We get in an argument. Somebody does something that you don't like, and so then it becomes a big battle. They, they start hanging out with somebody else, and that makes you mad. They, they start texting your boyfriend or your girlfriend, right? Or some, something big, or, or you just, they make bad decisions or whatever, and there's conflict there. And what do you do when there's conflict or disagreement or an argument between you and someone close to you? Sometimes we don't have to lose the friend, but we do have to have 
what we're gonna call tonight is a crucial conversation to fix the relationship. See, the Bible talks about this idea of confronting somebody, and it says it in Matthew 18. Let's look at it. It says, if a fellow believer hurts you, go and tell them. Work it out between the two of you. If he listens, you have made a friend. So this is talking about a fellow believer, but I know not everybody in this room would even call themselves a believer, and that's okay. We hope that you're, you're, you come here and you, you, you find Jesus and you learn about Jesus, but that's, that's okay. What we're talking about tonight is conflict resolution. And so even if you don't know who Jesus is, we hope that you listen to this because this will still be something that can really matter in your life when you start talking to other people. But it does say in the Bible that when somebody hurts you, it says, go to them, go and tell them. It says, work it out between the two of you. If he listens, you have made a friend. And we don't wanna lose those friends. And so when these conflicts come up, we have to do that. So no relationship is perfect. And when things go bad, we have to figure out how to navigate out of the bad times. We have to figure out how to do that. And so these crucial conversations, all right, there's three things that happen when we have a crucial conversation. Strong emotions, opposing opinions, and high stakes. So for example, um, I had a friend, his name is Galen, and we grew up in middle school, high school together, and then we stayed in really close contact. He was pretty much my best friend until probably 22, 23 years old. We stayed really, really close. And at some point, my friend decided um, that he was going to start living with his girlfriend. Now, I don't know if you know this, but as believers, we, we, we think that's a really bad idea. And see, I grew up in the same youth group as he did. I grew up and I said, uh, I know that you know that I know that that's not a good idea because I know that you know that I know that you were in the same youth group meeting that I was when Pastor JL said stuff like, don't shack up with your boyfriend or girlfriend so you can see how there's strong emotions. And by the way, okay, moving in with somebody is like the worst idea ever before you get married, all right? It's like basically saying, let's get married, but let's not get married, okay? Right, everything, you're, when you move in, you're like, we're not gonna have sex. Yes, you are. You're gonna have sex if you move in with somebody. So obviously this isn't you because you guys are like in high school and I'm like, I'm not gonna do it. But I'm gonna go on a crazy tangent here for just one second. So just stay with me, okay? People are like, you wouldn't test drive a car or you wouldn't buy a car without test driving, okay? That's what dating is. You don't get the car, take it home, park it in your garage for like two months, a year, and then you decide to buy the car. No, you drive it around and then you drop it back off at the dealership before you buy the car. Don't move in, okay. Strong emotion, strong crucial conversations, opposing opinions. I think it's wrong. Dum Dum thinks it's not wrong, apparently, okay? And so there's these opposing opinions and there's high stakes. The dude has been my friend, my best friend for years. And I know that what he is doing is a road that I don't wanna support, is a decision that I don't really wanna like follow him on. And so I know that if I don't do anything about this, that I could lose my best friend that I've had for a long time. There are high stakes in these things. And maybe for you, this critical conversation with a friend is things like they're, they're starting to enter into drug use. They're starting with marijuana, but then all of a sudden they're, they're, they're questioning the things. They're, they're looking at cocaine. They're looking at heroin. I know it's out there, guys. School. They're starting to skip school. You really care about your grades, but now your friend, they're starting to like get a little senioritis sophomore year, and they want to get out of high school, and they start ditching school. Maybe they're, they're starting to get interested and invited to parties and they used to just go, I'm not going to go to that. They're all idiots when they go there. Now they're going, well, I don't mind being an idiot. 
maybe we'll go to the party, right? And so you, you see them, or maybe it's how they treat other people. Maybe you're starting to see how they're starting to really like look down at other people and talk down. They're kind of bullying other people and you're just going, I don't, I don't feel comfortable with that, my friend choosing that thing. Maybe um, it's their language and, what, and how they're beginning to talk. You know that you grew up in 4640 or you guys have similar morals and they used to not talk like that, but now the longer they're in high school, the longer they surround themselves with bad influences, you notice that they're, they're like what the words they're using, you're just like, I did not know that you could use the F word that many times in one sentence. I'm not sure what's going on, but I need to have a crucial conversation with my friend. Maybe they're not making 4640 a priority like they used to because sports or something else seems like it's always in the way, even though it's not even going on during 4640, but that seems to be the excuse they make. Maybe that needs to be the crucial conversation. Them talking behind your back, you notice that they're gossiping about other people with you, and then you start to find out that they're gossiping about you to other people. Maybe there's a crucial conversation you need to have, or maybe, maybe you have the mooch where you show up to lunch and somehow they don't have their wallet for the 80th time this school year, and there wasn't even 80 days in the school year yet, but somehow they continue forgetting their money. And maybe at that point, you need to have a crucial conversation with them. Guys, we all have problems with people. I bet you if I, if I, I told you, just take a moment right now and let's do it. Think about one person that maybe you just kind of have like a bad, they, they, they gave you a bad taste in your mouth right now. Maybe it is even someone close to you. Maybe it's not someone close to you. Maybe it's somebody you just have a bad opinion of right now. Don't point to them, please. Um, that would be embarrassing. But we have a negative opinion. Maybe we just don't, we're just not sure if we like them or, or whatnot. And guys, it's okay to have these negative opinions. It's, it's okay to do those. But what is not okay is how when, when we react poorly to those things. What's crucial about these conversations is to have these conversations that would fix and deal with those negative opinions you have with the people that you have relationships with. So anytime you find yourself stuck in a relationship, whether that's a friend, whether that's a teacher, a coach, a, a classmate, a uh, um, you know, a fellow teammate or a section mate in the marching band, right? Any of the time you have conflicts with those people and you just seem to like be butting up against a wall with them, you have to maybe ask yourself, is there any crucial conversation that we haven't had? Is there something that's really been bothering me and I either have not talked to them about it at all or I have communicated it to them very poorly via like Instagram, throwing some shade out there, just saying like, do you guys know like when your really good friend says they're gonna do something and they back out? Isn't that really lame? When you know exactly who it's about, right? I don't know what it is, but when we have these ideas, we have to figure out, we have to figure out what kind of a conversation it is we need to have. Now, okay, let's be honest. Who in here, by show of hand, here hates conflict? Who the idea of walking up to somebody and telling them what they have done wrong in your life? Okay, we have a lot of people who are just A personalities. They're just like, I don't care, I'm gonna tell them. All right, but for those of us who hate conflict, honestly, I don't think if you were to just say like, I wouldn't care, but if, you, if I were to put you face to face with that person, you'd be like, where's my phone? I need to text them this. If I can text them, I'll text them all day. But it comes to face to face conflict. That's something that, man, it, 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 ugh, it makes me a little bit nervous. But the best way to have few crucial conversations, this is a, a great secret in life. If you don't wanna have conflict and you don't wanna have crucial conversations, then live a completely meaningless life. To have a life that you don't have interactions with people, 
right? Don't have relationships that are deep. If you have that kind of a life, you're not gonna have to have critical conversations. You won't have conflict. You won't have to deal with that. But those conversations create meaning in life. We want meaningful relationships, but if we can't have these crucial conversations, all our relationships are just gonna become shallow. They're gonna be empty. They're gonna be kind of shady. We're not really sure where we stand because they're kind of being quiet right now and I'm not really sure why they're being quiet right now. So why is it so hard to confront someone else? Well, we have been taught a lie at a very, very early age that sometimes telling the truth means not being able to keep a friend. And, and, and we learn this at a very young age that lying sometimes seems like the nicer thing to do or not confronting somebody seems like the easier thing to do at all ages. Check out this video. We all know adults stink at talking about tough things, but how about little kids? Here's my experiment. Feed kids wretched brownies, then see if they'll tell you the truth, especially when they think it might hurt your feelings. First, I made the brownies. Lots of chocolate, eggs and flour, but instead of sugar, I put in salt. Lots of salt. There's no way they could like these better. Now I recruit kids of various ages for a taste test. I tell them I want to compare ordinary brownies to my special brownies. My dear grandmother's special recipe. My dear dead grandmother's special recipe. Then I give them a dollar for being such a big help. My parents always taught me that if you want someone to like you, give them money. Okay, here goes. First they ate the yummy sugar brownies. Next they eat the salt bricks. Watch this girl. She can hardly keep from gagging. And now for the crucial moment. Will they tell me the truth and possibly offend me? I asked them to point to the brownies they like best. No surprise that some tried to spare my feelings. But watch, even the one who gagged? And how about really little kids? But do you wanna know what they really thought? Here guys, I have leftovers. Does anybody want seconds? Gross. So at a young age, we kind of have ta been taught to believe that to have people like us, that sometimes if they do something wrong, we can't tell them the truth. We have to compromise the truth to keep friends. The truth is anytime a conversation goes from casual to crucial, Sorry guys, I have a cough drop so I don't cough. Anytime we go from a conversation where it goes from casual to crucial, meaning there's something in there that you know that is, is, conf is some conflict in it. Too often the irony is that when we go from casual to crucial is when we do our absolute worst in those conversations. We can see it in our gener like in generations right now, okay? It, 
the country has never been more divided between like Trump and not Trump and, and all of these different things, right? And there's no like, these are crucial conversations that need to be had. And instead of doing them right, what's happening? These guys are yelling at these guys and treating these guys poorly. And then these guys are yelling at these guys and they're treating them poorly. When there's a, the most crucial conversations, too often we do our worst. So there are two common but wrong ways we can handle these conversations. It's fight or flight. We blow up sometimes when we need to have these crucial conversations. We just like let it like swell up inside us and then we start seeing red and then we become this rage monster and we start yelling at the other person and we, and we have this big old battle and brawl of words and, and in these moments when there's rage and there's anger and there's high emotions, we say things we're not, we don't really mean. We say things we don't really wanna say that we, we know could hurt them but we know if I say it, it's gonna help me win the conversation and I'm angry at them. And so we say hurtful things that we know we shouldn't say. We, 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 we can fight or we don't say anything at all. We just let it go by and, we, and, and it's bugging us and it's bothering us, but we're not gonna say anything. And we think that telling them the truth will cost us too much. We think that the cost of saying something will cost us to lose a friend. We say, think that the cost of saying something will hurt the relationship. But guys, the truth is there is a cost to silence too because if you don't talk it out, you'll act it out. If you don't talk it out, you'll act it out. It's gonna show up in your behavior. It's gonna, it's gonna show up how you're treating that person. You're kind of mad at them, right? And so rather than just being the normal loving person you wanna be to them, all of a sudden you're a little more cold. All of a sudden you're a little bit more distant. All of a sudden, rather than talking to them about this, you're gonna talk to this person because now you're, you're, you don't like them. All of a sudden you're gossiping about them behind their back because you, you're angry with them at, a, at some kind of thing that you don't want to, talk to them directly about, so you're going to go talk to other people about it. You're short with them. You, you hold unforgiveness and bitterness inside of you, or, or you just become jealous of them. You're, you're mad at them for still being happy when there's this offense inside of you. It says in Proverbs 17, 9, love prospers when a fault is forgiven, but dwelling on it separates close friends. We can look at this too with our families. When, when there's this crucial conversation that needs to be had, when there's offense, an offense, or when, when you're just like, I'm not liking the way they're, they're treating me, or I'm, I'm just, I'm really mad at them for doing that. All of a sudden, we're cold, and we're distant with our family. We're disobedient and dishonoring to our parents, and we don't, we're not gonna listen to them because there's this conversation that needs to be had. And see, guys, neither fight or flight are the best ways to keep relationships strong. You need to have the crucial conversation. So how do we have a crucial conversation with our friends? So let's go back to my, my story with Galen. Now, I knew I needed to have this conversation with him. And I was just like, it was bothering me. Man, I would just think about it. It would keep me up at night. I was just bothered with it. He had moved to Denver. So it wasn't like I saw him every day. So it wasn't just like I could have this conversation. But I decided I was gonna have it the next time he came into town. So we were driving up to the Mesa and I decided to have this conversation with him. And it started off with just like, hey, I love you, man. I you're my best friend and I just don't feel like I can like let you go on making these decisions without saying anything. I feel like as your friend, I need to say something. So I had this conversation with him and basically like, do you not think it's a bad idea to live with your girlfriend? And he's like, I guess I never really thought of it that way. Right, JL, right? Uh-huh. And, and all of a sudden, and we have this conversation 
and I, and I, and I'm, and I'm stern. I'm just like, man, I, 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 I gotta tell you, it's not right. It's not something you should be doing. I know you love God like I love God, and I know you know this is wrong, so I really feel like you shouldn't do this anymore. And so we had this conversation, and you know what? And we were, it was like on our way up to mountain bike, and we still mountain bike, and, and he still came over to my house, and we still had this relationship, and it really did help our relationship at that time grow closer together. So here's some steps for you to have this critical conversation with a friend, okay? First of all, you need to cool down. Okay, so the, the, the instant like that offense happens, the, the instant that happens that you feel that anger or that bothering maybe isn't necessarily the best time for you to have that conversation because yes, crucial emotions have, or crucial conversations have strong emotions, but that doesn't necessarily mean you should have out of control emotions when you have this conversation because that's where a fight turns out. And so you should step back from it, think about it and cool down. Two. When you start this conversation, you need to show that you care about them and mean it. Show, say things like, I care about you. I care about your best interests. And I know going to these parties, I know messing around with drugs, I know using this kind of language is not in your best interest and I care about you. And so I need, and I just want you to know, I care about you and I want what's best for you. Share common goals. Hey, remember, we're, we're, trying to get, we're trying to get above 3.5 getting out of school, and I know you're starting to skip school, and so that, this is a goal that we, we both set. I know that you care really quite a bit about your grades, and now you're, you're not. I feel like I need to say something about it. Number three is show you care about the relationship, and having this conversation will show them that you care about this relationship, because if you didn't care about the relationship, you might just become more and more cold and more and more distant and just step away. But when you choose to have this conversation, you show them that you care. And then number four is you speak truth in love. Don't necessarily sugarcoat it. Don't, don't, don't try and say, it's, it's okay kind of that you're going to these parties, but you know, like, I, I don't know. I don't feel like you should maybe do it all the time. Maybe just like once a month do drugs instead of like three times a week, you're, right? Here's the thing. We care about, it's hard for us to tell the straight truth. It's hard for us to not sugarcoat those conversations. But because we think that it's what we're saying that's gonna bother people. We think it's what we're saying is gonna really just rub them the wrong way. But the truth is, is it's often and almost never what you're saying to them, it's how you're saying it, and it's why they think you're saying it. So if you set it up well, if you cool down, if you show them that you care about them and show them that you care about their relationships, when you speak the truth in love, they will hear you. Now, if you do these steps, 97% chance that they will hear you. They will hear you, but that doesn't necessarily mean they'll listen to you. But I guarantee you, fight or flight, they're not gonna hear you. They're not going to even listen to you. So we have this idea that the intent of the conversation is way more important than the content of the conversation. That how you're saying it and why you're saying it is much more important than what you're saying. So what you're saying should come last once you know that they know that what you're about to say is because you care about them. And what you say and what you're about to say is because you love them. You want close, meaningful friendships, I'm sure. 
Everybody wants those. Critical conversations can be an accelerator of those relationships. When you have those conversations, it shows them that they care. It gets rid of the gunk in your life and you can move forward. And it shows that you care about them and that relationship. Now, this is with friends, but I really do want to hit on family because I think if we were to look at those circles, like the sad thing would be that if you were to look, ask, where does my mom or my dad fit? Are they a bestie or are they a friend? Are they an acquaintance? And I think a lot of us would say, may, it may be an acquaintance. And, and at this age, when you're trying to figure out how to be independent, when you're trying to figure out how to be grownups, it can be such a jarring thing to have parents who wanna give you curfews and wanna give you rules. And, the, and, and oftentimes in this season of your life, the most conflict you have is with your parents. And so I wanna help you guys have these critical conversations with your parents. See guys, I grew up, my brother, and my parents, they fought all the time. I'm talking like, like just cursing each other out. It's like wrestling matches and not the fun, loving, joking kinds, but just like, if I don't hold him down, I don't know what he's gonna do. Like, I saw the ugly that can happen in families when conflict just kind of boils and conflict isn't taken care of correctly. And family is the most important relationship that you have in this season of life. And yet it's oftentimes the time when there's just the biggest rifts in the season, okay? So I hear students often say things like, my parents won't listen. My parents just, they don't understand me. They don't understand what I'm going through. They're saying, they, they just won't listen to what I'm trying to say. And I wanna ask you a question is, what if it wasn't necessarily all their fault? What if it's not just their fault that they're not listening, but maybe it's, they're not hearing you, and it's because of how you're communicating to them. So let's, let's look at crucial conversations with parents, and there's a few extra steps when we start talking about having a crucial conversation with a parent. What could a conversation with your parent look like? How you, it, it could be something like how you're just, you're, you're frustrated with a curfew. It could be something like you're frustrated at the, the, how many chores they give you and not your brother. It could be something like you're frustrated how they're not giving you a ride to the mall. You can have these critical conversations. You can have healthy conversations with your parents, but you need to follow these steps. One, same as the first time, cool down. You're not gonna get anywhere with your parents if you decide to raise your voice, if you tried to act aggressive, if you tried to come at them hot with anger and emotion. You're not gonna get anywhere with it, so cool down. The second thing is, is honor and obey. You always need to remember that in the Bible, that one of the Ten Commandments, it says that you, and you must honor your father and mother, honor and obey your father and your mother. And the reason why it says honor and obey is because we can obey them, but we don't always honor them. It's, it's our attitude and it's our, it's our showing respect of them that brings honor, but we can do what they say without showing honor, but it's important that we do both of those things is that we honor them and obey them. So when they tell you something, we should honor and we should obey them. But that doesn't mean we can't have healthy conversations with our parents. The next thing I would suggest is to write down what you're gonna say. Write down how you're feeling about these things because I want you to write down the feelings without the emotions, without the emotions of, you can say, I'm feeling angry, but sometimes just writing out feeling angry doesn't mean you have to be angry in that moment. I want you to write out the offense, but I want you to also understand that at that, that point, you need to offer up forgiveness because it says in the Bible that if we don't forgive others, that God won't forgive us. So forgiveness is not a choice, that if, if we're offended, 
we need to forgive. And the next thing is, is the disagreement. Write down your disagreement with him. And we want to have that disagreement without anger. Okay, so we write it out and we just, sometimes writing it out will make you feel better anyway. Sometimes just writing it out and seeing it some, someplace else other than your head, you're just gonna go like, oh, okay, maybe this wasn't a big deal. Maybe I don't wanna have this conversation. Maybe they were right. I know it's crazy, but maybe my parents were right. I don't know, right? Then four, okay, schedule a time. Now it's important. Say, hey, mom, hey, dad, I wanna have a conversation with you about something. When will be a good time for you? It's about their time, not yours. And the reason is, is because if you schedule a time, then there's a really good chance that right before that scheduled time, you're not gonna have this conflict and you're gonna be hot because you know it's coming up. And so you're gonna be able to come into it calm, cool, and collected. Number five, compliment, encourage, and love them. Tell them that they're good parents. Tell them that you appreciate all that they do for you because I understand that some parents aren't good, but most of us have pretty good parents. They work hard to support us. They work hard to make sure that we have roofs over our head, food, clothing. They make sure that we're supported and all of these things. And so compliment on those. Think about ways to compliment and encourage them. Six, say how you care about your relationship and mean it. Don't just, don't just try and like sneak a fast one under and be like, I really care about this relationship with you, but I really just want $50 from you. No, it's, it's an honest conversation. You're just saying, I don't want to live in this house with you and have a bad relationship because we live with each other 24-7. And so I want to have a healthy relationship with you and say those things. Seven, maintaining a posture of love and grace. Read or tell them what you are feeling. Now, generally, no one can argue with how you're feeling, but it's important to say things like, Mom, Dad, I feel like this. I don't know if you meant to make me feel like this, but I feel disrespected when you say such and such a thing. Or I feel this, I, I feel like you don't listen to me when you just say, I don't care what you're gonna say, go to your room. I, I, I feel this way. And you say things like that. You don't necessarily point the finger. And what that also says is, it's keeping it on you. You're just saying, this is how what's going through in my mind, this is what's going on in my head, this is how I feel. And then number eight is allow them to respond and understand once again, honor and obey that they're your parents, that you can have this conversation with them and you can say, mom, I don't like that you make me empty the dishwasher every time. Why don't you make them empty the dishwasher? And your mom could say, I don't care, Joe. It takes two and a half minutes to empty the dishwasher. You're gonna empty the dishwasher every time. And if that's the call your mom's gonna make, you have to be okay with that. But sometimes just having this conversation and, and honoring and respecting them in that conversation will get you so far. Guys, I get it. You're, you're living in like, you live with them every day. You see them every day. And what I don't want for any of you is to live with a bunch of acquaintances you don't even like, to live with parents that you don't even know how they feel, to just feel, to live in a toxic environment, to live in, a, in an environment where you're mad at them and you're pretty sure they're mad at you kind of a thing. I don't want you to live in that environment because that's not a good environment to live in. But if you're willing to step back and not just have arguments, not just have fights, and not just run away from the problems, but if you're willing to have these crucial conversations with your family, I can promise you that you will start to see things turn around. I can promise you will at least feel heard, which I know for so many of you, sometimes that's all you need is to just feel like your parents listen to you and yelling at them is not a great way for them to listen to you. But having these honest conversations, they're probably gonna fall out of their seat when you have this conversation because they're so used to just having like these headbutt battles, am I right? And see guys, 
Jesus told us in the Bible to love one another as, he, as, as we love ourselves. He said that love one another, love somebody the way you wanna be loved. And when we do this, we're setting ourselves up. We're saying, I don't, man, I don't wanna be an, I don't want somebody who has a conflict with me to like come fight with me. I'd rather them have a, like a nice conversation with me. You're, you're saying, I don't want them to like avoid me when they have a problem with me and just gossip behind my back or throw some shade up on Instagram. No, I don't want that. I want them to have like, how many of you guys would rather, much rather have somebody come face to face and tell you that there was a problem and work it out than any of those other reasons, right? And if you want that, that's how you should be to other people. Guys, the best way to gain friends and to gain the right friends, the friends that you want, is to be the friend to other people that you want to have. So if you want kind, loving, generous, encouraging friends, then be a kind, loving, and encouraging friend. And when there's problems, don't run. Don't argue and blow up, but figure out how to have a crucial conversation with them, building trust, being honest with them, and you will have much more deeper and meaningful relationships. Let's pray. God, we love you so much, and we thank you for our friends. We thank you for our families, God. Even when they're not perfect, we understand that nobody is perfect, God, not even us. And I pray, Lord, that this would just sink in, God, because this will change lives if we just learn, just all of us, God, if we just learn to have conversations and, and, conf and handle conflict the correct way. So God, I pray, Lord, for each person in this room who is thinking about maybe a crucial conversation that they need to have, God, I pray, Lord, that they wouldn't forget it. I pray, Lord, that you would give them boldness to speak truth in love for these people because they care about them and they want to keep them for lifelong friends, God. We love you, and it's in Jesus' name. Be with them. Amen. Thanks for listening to the 4640 Student Center Podcast. For more information on what's happening in 4640, you can check us out on social media and at our website, 4640gj.com. Service times are Tuesday and Wednesday nights. Hope to see you there.